Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. This week, or this day, or this episode, featuring Michael Voss of the band Mad Max. They have been around since 1982. I know folks in North America are going, huh? Well, yeah, a lot of great music. And the new album, Storm Child Rising, which comes out in August, is just a fantastic, fantastic piece of melodic rock. And uh, we speak with the singer Michael Voss. But before then, before then, we bring in the sage... Here is the one and only Alan Niven. Bonjour, Alain. Bonjour, Sage. Um, well, at least you didn't call me Basil. Yes, or or or, or oregano. The, the the Sage. The or sa- oregano. Le savant. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, here here's an interesting band, and we've talked about this before with with Gothard and Thunder and Status Quo, band that's been around forever, have had a lot of great success. And then you, you mention it to somebody who's living in Wisconsin, and they go, yeah, I don't have a clue. I, I don't know. Who is this band? Um, what do we do with bands like this? I'm not sure that we do anything with them, um, apart from talk about them and tell people about them. Um, it's what the bands do about themselves, or what the labels do for their bands. Um well, believe me, it or not, not not everybody is in love with the idea of being in America or driving around in an old convertible Cadillac. Some people are very happy to be in Europe and stay in Europe. And there are some people who actually dislike being in America. And there are some people who are even intimidated by being in America. Um, and I think if you go through some of the bands that you think ought to do quite well here, I think you might find that there's a little bit of stay at home about them, that they're happy to be at home. Yeah, and and, and this band in particular, if I if I have the story right, they, they started off on Roadrunner Records and then Roadrunner decided to sell off the contracts of a bunch of bands, sort of a lot sale, sold them over to Warner Music, and Warner went, great, we've got these 10 new bands, we like this one and threw out the others and happened to be Mad Max and sort of their career was done. It was just like, yeah, all right, no more record deal for you. W- were you ever involved in those kind of po- politics where a label picked up some stuff and then you just discarded them with no thought of humanity, no thought of the suffering, no thought of the people involved? Just, just it's a commodity. The band is just, is it's like a Coca-Cola. Well, there was a former head of Atlantic, Doug Morris, who infamously once made the statement that artists were like pebbles on the beach. And that attitude prevails consistently through the mediocre labels that existed at the time. And there was a very callous attitude because the attitude is, well, another one will come along tomorrow. Everybody wants to get a record deal. Um, and there's a little consideration for the impact that it has on the band. The fact that this band was part of a package deal just sounds like anathema. I mean, what were Roadrunner thinking? Oh, we need cash. What were Warner Brothers thinking? Oh, we'll just take a package deal, whether we connect to the bands or not. I mean, it's just lame thinking all the way around. And, you know, 
Isn't Herman Rabel in the band? I mean, you know, well, you, well Herman is some... not in this band. Herman was in a band, but Michael had a band called Rock Wolves, and Herman was in Rock Wolves with Michael, and also they did, mm. they did the Michael Schenker Temple of Rock band that had uh, Michael singing, Herman on drums, and Francis Buchol. Uh, on bass, who was of course the uh, famous Scorpions uh, bass player at the same time. So, and and uh, right. during the interview, uh, Michael talks about the new Michael album that he's currently making, and he can't give me details because the press release is not out yet. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> but yeah, yeah but well. we, you you have of course toured with with the Scorpions, so you must have met Herman and Francis along the way. Actually, once once upon a very very distant time, Herman Rarebell was actually my neighbour, and he lived in a building directly opposite the building I was living in, in Redondo Beach, and uh, we got involved with um, Jack doing some vocals for him on his Hermann's German album, and uh, Herman would throw an interesting party every now and then. He once had a, a birthday party for Don Dawkins and he invited every single ex that he knew Don had been with. So when Don walked into the room, all he did was look around and see all his exes. So, I mean, Herman had a wicked sense of humor. And I have to say that um, when we were on tour with the Scorps, um, you know, on the long flight from Seattle up to Anchorage and the long flight from Anchorage back to Seattle, Herman and I sat together and uh, had a good time together. And forgive me for saying it, but I thought it was an interesting reflection on the band that the most intelligent and witty and best company in the band was the drummer. Well, he also wrote some of the uh, of the band's biggest songs. And I'll just finish with this uh, before we get over to Michael. Um Herman, a few years ago, put out a CD called uh, Herman's, Herman Rarebell and Friends, Herman's Scorpion Songs. I mean, what, what a title, but it explains to me now why he had Jack Russell on there. He has Jack Russell sing the song Don't Make No Promises. He's also got Don Dawkins doing uh, You Give Me All I Need, and they sound fantastic, but I have to say, if Klaus Mine ever got sick and they needed a replacement... Bring in Jack Russell because he sings those Scorpion songs. Then the voice just works. It, it really, really just works. I don't know if you've ever heard him sing those songs, but it, but it works. It's fantastic. Uh, well, yeah, it does. But I have to say that um, Don Dawkins' voice back in the day, in his prime, in the early 80s, um, could ghost Klaus unbelievably well. And in fact, he did. On Blackout, Dieter Dirks flew him over to uh, Germany when Klaus was having vocal problems. And Don did a lot of ghosting on that record. Yeah, Don Don, uh, Don and the Scorpions go back a long, long, long way. And you're right, I think it was, um, yeah. it was on that tour where he lost his voice and then they had this other album to finish and they brought Don in. And I think he's credited on the album as, as backing vocals, but I think some of those... Actual vocals are are Don, but anyway. And by the way, Dieter Dirks, an underappreciated uh, producer. You know, we think Bob Bezrin and Mutt Lang and 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 Bob Rock, and we, we all, you know, uh, Keith Olsen, and, and 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 we seem to forget Dieter. I mean, he he was great. 
Dieter was great. And uh, amusingly, he built his studio way back in the last millennia when he actually performed himself. And what he did was do German version of Beatles songs. And this was before uh, publishing laws were straightened out in Europe. And Dieter benefited from receiving the publishing of the, the Beatles songs that he did not write, but that he sang in German. So that's how he was able to build his studio. But no, Dieter has done some amazing work with the Scorps. He also did uh, a whole bunch of sweet covers uh, with the Scorpions, and they call themselves the Hunters. And there are they put out a single. One is uh, Fox on the Run, sung entirely in German with Klaus. And then they do Action, sung entirely in German by Klaus. And you can go to YouTube, or you can actually find the singles on eBay and on Discogs. And you get to hear the Scorpions as the Hunters doing the suite. And it's exactly what you described because I've asked the band, why did you do this? And they were like, well, you know, Dieter, blah, blah, blah. The suite were very popular. We wanted to cash in on it. And it was just like, ah, gotcha. See? See? Smart. Anyway, here is uh, the one, the only, from the band Mad Max, new album, Stormchild Rising. It is singer Michael Voss. We are speaking with Mad Max vocalist Michael Voss. The new album uh, coming out in August is Storm Child Rising. And as we say in Montreal, le bonjour, Michael. How are you? I am fine. And I say good, good morning uh, to everybody out there in Montreal, Canada. What a wonderful place. I've, unfortunately, I've never been to Canada, but hope to be there soon, soon, soon. Yes, hopefully. Maybe you can uh, convince the the folks from Avantasia to have you as a, a guest singer because they come every so often and they they bring a lot of the folks that don't make it over here like uh, the, the pretty maids guys. And yeah. Stuff. So, so hey, who knows? But uh, you never know. You never know. Even in this Corona days, you know, you you can always think day by day, take one step, one little step here and there. And this is great, Mitch, that we are talking right now on the phone just to, to spread the news that we got a new songs out. Uh, on SPV that the album is coming and 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 so it's uh that's yeah, good. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the album first and then we'll look back at, at some of the history. So we have Storm Child uh rising, of course, August twenty first. Now in nineteen eighty five yeah. you released an album called Storm Child. So is Storm Child Rising a continuation, a part two? Uh, is there any connection to to the original Storm Child? Well it's it's just uh it's just a figure. That uh, that it's it's presented the figure like uh, you have that the Mad Max the original Mad Max like Mel Gibson played in the in, in the movies and we we uh, we th we thought ah this this because of we play in a lot of songs out of this period um, and the people say well that's a great song and maybe we could do it and I say well what about to bring back like a hero a nowadays hero a 2020 hero back into the race just to say okay. What, what do we have there instead of just a, a, a photograph or a painting or whatever? And just let's uh, let's get get the storm child back so that uh, it's not like a Rambo one or two or three or uh, like a Rocky. But we have a, a storm child and say, well, that might be interesting to have a, some a, a savior or a hero back in 2020. I like the idea of a hero back in, in 2020, I got to say. Uh, musically, though, is there any sort of connection to, to that? I mean, do you, do you look at it and say, OK, we're going to 
musically? I can, I, I can tell you. I mean, if, 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 I, if I see what Matt Max is doing, the music, that because I'm, I'm, I'm a songwriter. I'm, I'm, I'm not writing um, only, only I, I mean, I, I write rock songs for other uh, acts or pop songs or whatever. But when I touch the Matt Max thing, I definitely want to stay the vibe of the 80s um and i i like to like to have the idea that uh, i want to do, want to share the the time writing or the performing like with the with the heroes we have like the scorpions or ynt and uh, or i can tell you to every song that we have here a little story where where we took the motivation from um what gave us the um the the, the push was hey, could, could we have some riff like this one like talk to the moon or he said well this might be Aussie Bark at the Moon. Of course it is, because it, these are the riffs that suit to the 80s. And uh, we say, okay, maybe we can do a song out of it. Uh, and everybody liked the riff, and I took it from there. Yeah, and and, and you got to love the 80s. Uh, let me just quickly ask you about songwriting. You you mentioned that you write songs for different artists, which, which we know. Yep. Uh, when you approach songs for different artists, do you just write a Michael song and then hope that they somehow turn it into their own or do you listen to their back catalog and try to write something how do you approach songwriting that is not meant for you well I, I, it depends it depends on um, on the figure or on the singer what is a story has he got a story and are we working on lyrics is there a story behind or are we working on a complete new song but when i'm writing for example for michael shanker and for for the different singers, yeah, or for for the parts, I try to slip into their role mind-wise and try to pretend like to be person A, person B, person C, or person D, because uh, all these persons that I'm trying to write have got different um, different approaches where where they have their 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 best range, you know, uh, different ranges where they sing like ah. One is singing that, or one is singing the Gary Barden sings. Oh my dear, he's got a low voice. So I, got, I gotta have in mind that uh, if when Michael co uh, composes a song in E minor, just to get and hit the right notes where each singer sounds best on. Well, that's a, that's a great way to approach it. Uh, speaking of the the eighties, Mad Max, of course, the the debut album comes out in nineteen eighty two. You're doing the the hard rock of the day, much like you know the Def Leppards and the Bon Jovis and the Dio's and stuff. Yep. What happened to the band where you couldn't translate to North America? Because, you know, I'm, I'm over here in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. And respectfully, I hear of Mad Max literally about five, five, six, ten years ago. Yeah, you're right. What we, happened? We could, yeah, we are, we are so happy. You know, not, not, even nowadays, even SPV is a very good company that, that carries the torch to the next generation. They, they live hard rock and they present hard rock and for god's sake Oli Hahn and the entire team um they are supplying this in, in spreading the word into the world but we had it going like in the very beginnings of eight of the 80s we signed a multi-deal with roadrunner records that might be a you might know the record company, Roadrunner Records. Of course. Of course I know Roadrunner. Yeah, they, so we, we they have Nickelback in the, in the States. Absolutely. That's the <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. That's, that's and uh, as, I, as I remember, when, when the, in the middle of the, the heydays, like in 86, we, we've been working on our fourth album, on, on the third album for um, Roadrunner. And uh, we did that with, um, with a producer from, um, from uh, Crimson Glory. Uh, and we remixed the entire album in Florida in the Boris Sound Studios in St. Petersburg. 
um, that, that's, that, that's where, uh, where we took place. And from there, uh, we had a chance to get uh, a, a spin into a major record label. And the story was that uh, Roadrunner uh, wanted to sell more than one band to this record label. And this record label, the major, the major record label, wanted to sign us with the album Night of Passion and say, a, that's what we want to have. We want to have a remix done by Max Norman, who was like a big one in in the in the 80s. Like he was working for um, for Ozzy and all the others. And we, I mean, the, we sent the tapes to him. But unfortunately, Roadrunner Records didn't want to sell Mad Max alone to a record company, but instead of a couple of more bands. And then uh, the record label said it was a major label. No, uh, thanks. And then. That was the deal for me when I was 25, I say, or 26. That's it. I leave the band. I quit it because I have to move on. I gotta gotta go on. That's that's, and this is why the band took a break. Wow, which which is too bad because the music is great. I was so frustrated, Mitch. I was so frustrated when even when you when you're in the heydays, you live and love this kind of music from Darken and Red, and you are in the middle of that. You have it. You have a sniff, a little small chance, and then. Um, the the leaders or whatever the the, the contract signer said no uh, it's not your turn yet you got to go back to square one and I was 25 and burning and I said I'll I'll leave it here and then then yeah then I tried to come up with uh, with it was 87 then and uh, from there I had a uh, I had a uh, had a chance to play with uh, some guys from Warlock and to build my own band Casanova where we ended up with a major deal with Warner then. In Europe, well, at least you got the Europe thing going. Uh, yes. At that point, do you do you turn to production and producing at that time, or because you, you've done Temple of Rock and and you know Michael yes, Schenkel? Yes. Yeah, and Did, this is this is the, yeah okay. this is the, this is the real story. I mean, it was 87, 88, and then um, we had this three uh, three albums for for Warner coming out with my band Casanova, and um, yeah, and then in ninety two and ninety three, the grunge came. And I, we lost the deal, and I was 27 or what, 28. And then the record company like said, "Oh no, that's done. Uh, we don't want uh, hair metal, poser, uh, rock music, hard rock music anymore. You're too old. Uh, you can go home." And this is why I wanted to concentrate from there on. I built my own studio. I learned how to mix things. I learned how to engineer things or write better songs and to work on a different. Um, with a different approach, and um, I walked on a different path from there. That was that was the story up to when I was thirty. So that's it. When you've produced for so long, do you approach making a new album like Storm Child Rising somewhat differently? Do, do do you do you approach it more from a production position, or do you still approach it as an artist and a songwriter? If you know what I mean, do do you sort of yeah. see it differently? Yeah, it, it depends. When when you start, you, I mean, I start with a song, okay, and then there comes another song. There comes maybe a, a lyric sheet from from one of our uh, from our, one of our bandmates, and he sends me some lyrics. And then you have one, one, two, one, two, three, four, five songs. And then you see oh, what is missing. But the thing is, you always fill these out with uh, the songs you fill out with the uh, with the humans, like with with the bass player, with the drummer, with the rhythm guitar player, and you talk about music and it's like taking a picture, like you take a picture in 85, where you used a different studio, where you used a different guitar. The mood of everybody was different. We had a, um, we, we are luckily, we have been lucky that uh, still um, SPV are releasing albums. That's great. I mean, so that, the, that they're doing the business. But I just, we, we just take it song by song and just see what comes out 
in the end. It's just like a painting a picture. Let's see what colors we have this time in 2020. How would it sound? Of course, we are not leaving the trace too much. We wanted to, wanted to follow our rules, uh, our, our roots that, um, that, that, the, that the people know, ah, this is, I don't have to invent myself new when I'm doing a Mad Max album. This is what I don't want to do. Right. Definitely not. You've done other albums, uh, like you mentioned Casanova, and, and I believe you've also done, um, what were they called, Wolfpack. They had a great album. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you still want to do these outside projects or have you gotten to a point where you say, you know what, I'll write some songs, I'll produce some albums, I'll do the Shanker stuff yep. and then I'll just be Mad Max because that's my band. This is, yeah, you're right. But I, even now, nowadays, like in 2020, um, if you're living your life as a full-time musician, I mean, that you really, that I have to pay my checks being a musician, it takes so much strength to to because i was not there when the big 80s were and i once had a session with uh with the songwriter russ bellet that you might know of course and, uh, he wrote some he great, invited me great songs yeah, with kiss yeah yeah he's great and he invited me to his home and we wrote some songs and i said what the fuck and he had he had horses he had this he had that and i said michael you are great but you are too late and <laughs> you know this is all all happened like uh, uh the the whole um, um thing of rock music that started in the 60s and the 70s and the new british wave of heavy rock and in the 80s and i was i was i was a bit too late in 87 89 and then the grunge came and so i have to make a lot of projects i feel very home when we are doing mad max it's a very familiar thing but um it's i would say it more it's a definite labor of love i say that one it is a definite labor of love. Now, since, since we're since we're talking about love, let me go to What About Love. Uh, there's a great Canadian connection to that. It is a song written by Jim Valance. Yes. Great, great, fantastic guy that I've that I met and I talked to. And Mitch, I tell you, I tell you, I love I, I have I have connections. I mean, I, I was in a in a band called Demon Drive. Uh, I mean, just in Europe, a band. But we did a wonderful duet with uh, with um, with Lee Aaron. That was so great, and I work a lot of with. I'm working with Harry Hess on 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 songs, and you oh, were wow. so great musicians. And I once was uh, was there was a talk of doing um, a wonderful because one of my favorite bands of all time is Coney Hatch because this band is really kicking some serious ass with one of the best singers, best songs, best productions. Oh, what a band! What a great band! So many wow. wonderful wow, you've artists heard. and the best, the best, like from Bob Clear Mountain over to. Uh, Bright Adams, I'm just uh, wonderful. <laughs> You're hitting all the good points. First of all, a friend of mine named Sean Kelly plays guitar with Lee Aaron currently, but he also yep. plays guitar with uh, Coney Hatch. <laughs> so there, well, you know, you got to live, right, as a musician. But uh, let me just get, I'm going to do the uh, the Six yeah. Degrees with What About yeah. Love, written by yeah. Jim Valance, first covered yes. by, a, or first recorded by a band called Toronto, which I saw open yeah. a, for Ted Nugent oh, back yes. in the day. Oh, yes. uh, but eventually covered by Heart, made famous by Heart, and then ends up on this album called Rock Wolves. Now, for fans that haven't heard this, Rock Wolves came out, I guess, in um, 2016? Four years ago. Four years ago. It's oh geez, I'm, I'm I'm standing in front of the, it was on the twenty eighth of twenty uh, eighth of October in twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen, four years ago. Now, yeah, now just... this is an album that I fell in love with. It it, it features yourself and yes. Herman from uh, Scorpions fame, Herman Rarebell. Yes. Yeah, 
and it's just it's a fun album like like I was telling you just before we got started I have this 460 song Scorpions playlist in my phone that I play every every day and there's 10 songs that are not Scorpions and it's <laughs> it's yours it's these and ones it, and yeah, and rock the nation that, and and anyway go ahead yeah yeah that was a labor of love well Hammond I got uh, got to know Hammond via Michael Schenker when we played uh, on the Michael Schenker album together Temple of Rock first album and so Herman and me just uh, fell in love, I mean, musical-wise, and ve very good friends. And I said, well, Herman, Herman did, or did, he writes great songs, great riffs, great lyrics and stuff like that. And so there was a talk, let's do an album together. And that was the Rockwolf's idea, just to go, to go ahead with these, uh, with these songs, like in the, in the Scorpions vibe, and uh, write some songs with very good, easy, easy, catchy lyrics, uh, and so we took it from there with a great uh, bass player from a band called H Blocks, a very, a very, very, uh, very, very famous here in Europe. So we started as a three-piece band because we wanted to play live. We wanted to play songs from Mad Max, from the Scorpions, from the H Blocks, and give the people really a value for money. And this is why we went into the studio and recorded these songs. And that's a wonder, wonderful um, band, and it was a labor of love as well. And it's a shame that we couldn't get and go any further. That's really a shame. Yeah, it really is a shame because uh, just as I, as you're talking, I have Inside Out the song playing through my head, and then I, I you know, rock, uh, rock for the nations and the blame game. I just think it, it's an incredibly fun, fun album. And, and if you're a rock fan listening to this, and you probably yes, are, yeah, <laughs> if you are, if you're listening to this, chances are you're a rock fan. Go check out Rock Wolves from 2016. It's one of these unfortunate lost gems, and I think you'll just love it. And, and it does have a very Scorpion sound because I'm telling you, it's in that Scorpions playlist, and the song will come up, you know, because I've spread them all out and stuff, and it'll, it'll come up, and I, I won't even notice. It'll be like, oh, oh, wait, that's not Klaus singing. Whoopsie. No, yeah, yeah, th this is what we wanted to have, not like to be a copy, but just to have this ingredients, to have Herman playing his signature fills, his signature drums, like, oh, like this, like with a black owl, like, let's get, let's go for one fast one, let's give it a big ballad, let's get out the acoustics, let's mix it up with a wonderful touch of holiday with the 12 string, like, lay on me, and have this raspy voice in there from me, and then we added the, um, what about love, then Hammond came with the idea to record what about love? And he was telling me the story because the Scorpions have been working with Jem Valance on an album. I think it's uh, um, crazy world. Yes, absolutely. And then I said, well, I'm, I can write him. And we first had to send Jim the song just to, to get it approved. And he said, well, that's a wonderful, that's an ass kicking version. Go for it. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was very, that meant, as, as for me, as Michael Voss, that meant a lot of, to, like Jim Bellin said, well, that's great. Uh, it's a wonderful version. Yeah, just release it. Here, here's the, uh, the fun fact. I, I had this conversation with Jim about Crazy World because he worked on a lot on it. And he said that some of the drumming on the album is actually him because he was a drummer in prison before, before becoming. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. And and then I asked Herman about it, and Herman went, "No, it didn't happen." So somewhere in there, they might have substituted something because uh, who knows? But but Jim swears to me that he's on three or four tracks on Crazy World, including Winds <laughs> of Change, 
And if you mention it to Herman, he's like, not a chance. So I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, studio yeah. tricks. But these huh? are the, the stories. The story when the big producers come in, you will never tell who was playing on. So, man, I. I was I was talking. I just was working with Hugh McDonald of the of the, of the, of the bass player from Bon Jovi, oh. and he told me. And he told me the story, Michael. You do you know I played on Runaway? I said, What the fuck? I didn't know that. That yeah. it was him. Who was in the studio with John Bon Jovi, like on the first album, playing and laying down the basses? I didn't know that. Well, the the rumor in the Bon Jovi world is <laughs> that he played on every album from the yeah. beginning, and that I, I Alec so. was just a poster yes, boy. So, yeah, yeah. because if you look in all the Bon Jovi um, liner notes, one of the first names that is thanked in every single album it's is you. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's such a—I mean, what a gentle heart! I mean, what <laughs> and wonderful guy. Th th this has nothing to do with Mad Max, but I'll quickly tell you a Bon Jovi story. Yeah. In uh, 2000, 2000, 2002, it was a Crush yeah. tour. Yeah, I was in Quebec City. And I, I got backstage. I, I was dressed like a roadie and I spoke English and it was Quebec. They were all French and they said, oh, he, well, he speaks English. He must be with the band. Yeah. And they sent me off to this room at the end of the show. And it was filled with strippers and the band shows up <laughs> and you walks in and you's like, Ugh, I don't I don't want anything to do with that. And I had this long, literally 45 minute conversation with you about all kinds of stuff about music and you know and john walks in and 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 um uh, david walks but he, he was just so nice i mean for 45 minutes we had this long long chat and, I, and i've never been able to interview him but i would mm. love to get him on the phone he, he's just a, a fantastic guy um let me move along here uh, well, uh, i could i uh, this is i could i could get you a judge <laughs> oh, please please that yeah, would be yeah, uh, yeah. i just think uh, Honestly, I think his story's fascinating. Yes, it's interesting to interview John and or interview Ozzy or inter but it's a lot sometimes more interesting to interview a guy like Robert Mason who was the backstage vocalist on an Ozzy tour or to interview yeah, you McDonald. Robert is a is superb singer, superb singer. Oh, and one of the nicest guys in this world. I mean, he's yeah, just super super yeah. yeah, anyway. But uh, a Temple of Rock. So yeah, uh, you of course were on that. Uh, what was it? The uh, was it the first one? So, yeah, just Shanker's yeah. Temple of Rock. Yeah, yeah, that was that was where, where we where, where we all where kicked you... off. I remember that one because Michael, um, we worked on on an acoustic album called Lady Gypsy with Gary Barton, Michael Shanker, and I was uh, I was doing uh, like production co production, and uh, Michael went into the studio and said, "Well, I got a couple of songs. Uh, would you mind recording them?" And I said, "Okay." Come into my studio. Rewrote the songs. I wrote a couple of um, I wrote a couple of licks, and I said, "Well, Michael, it seems you you can sing these songs. Do you want to join?" They said, "Of course, I want to join." And from there, uh, I'm working steadily, like on each uh, on every album uh, with Michael Schenker since uh, since 12 years now. We're doing all the bits, uh, the musical uh, things together. Wow, which is great. So, so currently, I understand that you're working on a new. Shanker album. Yeah. Now I don't yeah. know if it's yeah. Temple of Rock or um um ooh my brain is is frying. What was the thing he just did with the with the three singers? It was called um, yes, my, it's the Michael Shanker Fest. Michael Shanker uh, Fest, four, yeah, correct. With the four singers, and uh, so we had to to cancel the the tours uh, through Japan, American tour, and the English leg, and that's that gave him the the possibility. I mean, he he just he's living in England now. I'm based in Germany. But he was coming to me in my studio. We recorded uh, brand new stuff that comes out early next year. 
the more I cannot say because there will be uh, an official press re release in the next 10 days or so. Um, but it's all in there. But he made his way uh, um, through all the borders and went back into quarantine. And we did a hell of an album. And it's really definitely ass kicking. Wonderful guitar work. Wow, a can't little wait. bit here. It's fast. It's slow. It's heavy, it's old, it's oh, how you call it, rolling. Uh, it's really something, it's really, when you are a Shanker fan, you say, yeah, 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 give me that riff. I can't wait. Now, does does Herman reappear on the, is it a Shanker fest or is it, or is it a temple? <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, I'd love, I'd love to talk to you about, but I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, my, my, what do you, what do you My hands are tied. Uh, my lips, my lips, my lips are, are sealed. sealed. There will be, there will be something happening and it will come out early next year, definitely. And there will be a big release with a big bang with all the information. And I, the only thing that I could say, it's an album for the fans, for the young fans, for the old fans. It's like David Lee Roth said, give me a bottle of anything. All right. Uh, well, you know, listen, may, hopefully uh, at some point you can tell me what's on it and and. Uh, when you did the uh, Temple of Rock in the past, though, uh, Francis Buchholz, if I say correctly, yes. he he came out and, and did some shows. And so, is is are you still in contact with Francis? Do you still talk to him? Because I I know he's he's not he's sort of astrayed from the Scorpions camp, but such an incredible bass player. Him and Herman, you know, and they locked in those yeah. those yeah. albums that they played on. Um, from what was it? Uh, where they stopped? They started at Love Drive. Where where where? Yeah. where just well, I think it was some some Virgin Killer or some or the one after that. I, it, it's just about seventy eight or seventy seven. So that's where they started to play together. But um, well, I I met I met uh, um, Francis for the production um, on uh, on the on the Schenker ones, and we did a production together that was on Frontiers Records called Phantom Five. That's what we worked together on. That was an album way back a couple of years ago. But what he's doing now. I don't have an idea. And and I, I just checked it. the uh, the first The first album that they uh, that they played together was taken by Force. Virgin Killer ah, had yeah. Vir Virgin yeah. Killer had. Um, oh, let me look at it real quick. It had Rudy, I think, on it, right? R Virgin Killer. Yeah, it had Rudy Learners yeah. on it. But yeah. uh, okay, okay, what a great thing! Uh, in terms of of next year, what are you, what are sort of your plans now? Assuming that COVID ends and bands can tour, because honestly, I think we still don't know, quite frankly. No, and, and, and the the way it's rising around yeah. the world. Ooh, but this is the thing. I mean, we we, we have a, this Mad Max album coming out. We've got some dates like coming up, but you, there are a couple of dates in Spain, and but in January, but you never. You, are, you cannot be sure that you are able to do these gigs, whether there's another uh, another tour coming in uh, in September next year. But nobody knows right now what is going to happen. No, nobody. Nobody knows. But assuming we can go out, is your plan to go out with Mad Max and do a Mad Max tour? Or is your plan to hook on to Shanker and go do Shanker stuff? Or is it do both? What, what what is sort of the well, plan? Right right now right now we're working um, uh, I'm working like production wise on the Michael Shanker album, and uh, um, we got to finish it like uh, in a couple of in a couple of days, and then take it from there. Uh, and Matt Max, I'm here now to promote Matt Max the best I can with the new album and see what is happening in 2021 because nobody definitely knows. But uh, anyway, Mad okay. Max, of course, Stormchild uh, Rising yes. comes out in August. It, 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 I've had a chance to hear it. It is a fantastic, fantastic rock record. If 
Listen, if you, if you like the sound, especially the sound of the 80s, not to say that it's an old sounding record, but if you like those, <laughs> no, but you know, if, if you like what, what Dawkin was doing or what Rat yes. was doing or, or even early day Bon Jovi, it's got the melo- it's yeah, got the melodies, it. yeah. it's got the hooks, it's got the it's got the big choruses. It's just a fun, fun album. So I certainly Definitely. hope folks check it out. And uh, there we go. On that, Michael, just okay. merci beaucoup, as we say in in Montreal. Super, Super Mitch. And uh, we stay in contact. I send you big hugs from here. And uh, stay safe. And uh, hopefully, talk to you soon again. Yeah, that would be great. And uh, yeah, let's let, let's keep promoting this stuff. And of course, when the Schenker stuff comes out, let, let's talk about that. Because I, I, I mean, I've, I've interviewed Michael a, a, about four times, five times. Yeah. But I'd love to talk to you about the production and trying to get his sound and his this. And yeah. just I, I just want to know the whole sort of creative process. It's, it's certainly easy to say, hey, I'm Michael Schenker and I was in the Scorpions and I was a but I want to know what the creative process is like and how this you... Is, this is, uh, yeah, I can, I can tell you. We, so we meet here again in six months and I'll be ready to go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Merci, okay. monsieur. Cheers. All, all the best. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. 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 Bye.